Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. UVA okay. football is the softest bunch of cream puffs, bow tie wearing, brie cheese eating, NASCAR wearing wussies I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to punch people from UVA right in the neck. They wear suits to games. <laughs> That's absurd. Welcome back, everyone, to the Guys and Ties pod. And it is Sunday at around noon when we are recording this. And with me today, like always, is my partner in crime, Rob Elder. Rob, what's going on? Hey, Dustin. Always good to be back, you know, as you might be able to pick up. I'm not sure how the sound is, but I'm at the beach right now. But the pod, pod couldn't wait. You know, we had to get this out. Yeah, you sound a little off. Your voice sounded so... Uh, someone said comforting last week, and I don't know how I feel about that, but it's definitely not the same quality, but hopefully it will be better this week because we got a lot of great responses from people last week, so thank you to everyone who listened. Thank you to everyone who gave uh, feedback and comments, and thanks to everyone who came back. Y'all are the real MVPs in this process. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Rob, Rob can't stay very long. You know, he's got some, some uh, other things to do at the beach you know, besides talk to me. and anything else that comes with it. Yeah, so this episode's going to be a little bit different than usual. Um, we're going to talk to Rob for like 10, 15 minutes maybe, and then we are going to call some other people and see what's going on. So we're going to phone not one friend, but a couple friends this episode, um, get their opinions on some issues that have happened and UVA sports for over the last week. And then, uh, yeah, we'll see what goes on. Sound good? Let's do it. All right, Rob. Um, I know you are excited about this, but training camp just started for UVA football a couple days ago. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, I'll tell you, this is for me, one of the most exciting times of the year, you know, before the season hits and before reality sinks in about how, good or bad we may be this is the time when we're good there's only positive reports coming out which uh, is just great to hear so we install a new offense when, we get bryce perkins there when was the last time you heard a negative report coming out of a training camp you know like oh man oh man i mean out of uva training camp i don't i don't know it's never like oh this guy is like not as good as we thought he was it's always like, oh, they look good. They're making all the throws. They're catching the, the linebackers look quick. You know, it's yeah. never like, oh, this guy looks overweight this year. 
That's right. College football training camp is beautiful. NFL is a little tough, can be a little harsh. College, you know, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, I um, something that's been kind of been on my mind for the past week or so has been um, Bryce Perkins, and I know there's been some recent articles that came out about him about how uh, about his his ability to play and his ability to run um, as well as throw, but I, I still think he's kind of an unknown. And I was wondering if you had heard anything or or talked to anyone who kind of understands like. What is he actually going to bring to the table? Because I don't think anyone quite knows what's going on with him. I'm sure people do, but I don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing with Bryce Perkins is that at the end of the day, you're right. He's an unknown. He's never played a D1 college football as a full-time starter. You know, he did okay at junior college, but he just did okay. He didn't put up gaudy stats. He went and to a now, national championship. He did. He did. But, you know, we'll see kind of where things go. And Jay James on the best seat in the house. I love that show. But he comes in and he's got people on the show making Michael Vick comparisons and Lamar Jackson comparisons. <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, let's settle down, guys. You know, he's fast. He might be the fastest guy on the team from what we hear. But how fast is our team? He might be the fastest guy on our team, but he might be the 15th fastest on Miami or the 10th fastest on Virginia Tech. You know, he's got a ways to go with throwing. Hopefully throwing lanes open up with the option. But, you know, we'll we'll see. I think we as a fan base need to kind of take a step back and say, hey, he's a first-time starter. I mean, remember how ben Kurt Benkert looked his first season? He was okay. But he, I, think, I think really the big storyline we should be focusing on is what this offensive system looks like. Mm -hmm. Are we going to go back? Well, I say go back because the coaching staff can go back to what they did with Taysom Hill. At BYU, like how much option are we going to see? I think that's really the biggest storyline we should be focusing on right now. Yeah, I um, with the uh, you know the last kind of quote running or mobile quarterback we had was uh, David Watford, and so I, me especially, I have kind of hesitancy to really trust another mobile quarterback before I can know that he is able to throw. Is not going to be um, spooked out of the pocket within one second, you know? Yeah. Oh, of course. I think the difference we'll see here, too, though, is Bryce Perkins is a willing and capable runner. I mean, Bronco Mendenhall the other day was talking about how he's willing to slide, which, mm -hmm. having watched RG3 on the Redskins for a couple <laughs> years, is just a huge sigh of relief. Right. But, you know, with David Watford, we were running a pro style offense with Mike London and I think Steve Fairchild at the time. So, okay. you know, now that we're going to spread it out, we'll see if that looks any different. But, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely excited for Bryce Perkins. He's going to bring a new dynamic we haven't seen to the field in a long time in Virginia football. Yeah. It's just kind of the question of what should our expectations be and how good can he be? I think another kind of question mark we have is on the offensive line, and I think that's going to have a big deal of how good Perkins plays or does not play. Um, just based on how they can protect him and how they, if they open up any running lanes for him. Oh, definitely. Because Perkins isn't going to be a guy we want running in between the tackles. In no. order for him to be effective on the outside, we got to have, whether it's Jordan Ellis, PK Kyer, whoever it is, they got to be able to run inside. So you're right, spot on. Hopefully that offensive line is good enough, you know, to at least 
push a couple people back get more yards than we did last year yeah speaking of um the running backs you just wrote an article uh this past week didn't you yeah no everyone's got to check out who's place man great website great content coming out you know great guys they know their stuff but yeah we're we're doing a football preview and rob was not a fan of the running backs you know, you know. Are you a fan of the running backs? <laughs> I I like Jordan Ellis. I really, I think he's a good running back. He's kind of hard nosed and he's got good. I feel like he has good patience and feel. Granted, he hasn't really produced much in the last couple of years. I, you've said this before, but he doesn't have that breakaway speed that some of these other running backs do. But you know, he he's got. I think he's got good uh, feet footwork good feet yeah no he's a hard worker for sure and he's the type of guy that like you want on your team maybe it's like the backup running back you know maybe Mm -hmm. not the starter but i like the guy the players respect him which you got to give him credit for and we'll see if anyone else steps up you know maybe pk kyer comes in and does a better job lamont atkins is going to be running a lot of the option stuff the same kind of role as uh you know, and then Lamade is a Kias in the backfield. Maybe he can open things up. Yeah. And, and maybe it's just like we're just better this year. And maybe he does better. But but you know the thing about Jordan Ellis is that he's going back to the type of player he is, the guy the type of person he is, is that Bronco has or the his teammates have chosen him to choose his jersey number first the past two years. Uh even when he wasn't like the main feature running back. And I think that okay. speaks a lot to his character as well as the type of hard worker he is. Even though it hasn't like paid off on the field yet, I think it will. I, I hope it will. I really do. Uh, we need a good running game this year. Yeah. No, I mean, I think we definitely improve. We'll just see kind of how much. Hopefully we get some more consistency. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. So I want to transition now to my favorite sport, which is basketball. <laughs> and... There has been a lot of news about basketball this past week, even though the season is like 50 days away, I think. I haven't looked I think at John Rothstein. practice Ro- starts in 50 days. I don't know. John Rothstein. I haven't, looked at John, I haven't looked at John Rothstein's Twitter profile today, but, um, <laughs> but I think it's around 50 days, and I'm super excited for it. But there's a lot of stuff that came out this week about the non-conference schedule. Uh, did you have a chance to look at it? I did. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. I have some thoughts. I, well, okay, so we already knew a couple of them, right? We knew we were going to play uh, Townsend first. We knew we were going to play Maryland in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Gross. Uh, we knew <laughs> that we were going to play Marshall. Yep. Um, the what only... I didn't realize, Marshall's pretty good, it Mar- sounds like. No, Marshall's good, I, and I want to get to that first, but I want to talk first about our tournament that we're going to play in the fall, the Battle for Atlantis. So, first off, the Battle for Atlantis are these, you know, these tournaments that we're in all the time are usually a great way to get good exposure to a lot of different teams that could make the NCAA tournament. And if you look at the tournaments that UVA's played in the you know, the past couple of years, they haven't been filled with people who have made the NCAA tournament. Usually, it's just some mid, some mid-major teams and then some okay Power Five teams. But this, but when we saw that we were supposed to be in this, um, <clears throat> in this uh, battle for Atlantis tournament, a lot of people 
really excited for this because it means that we would get a chance to play some really good teams. Um, we would get some more exposure. And it was just going to be an overall better experience for the players. But this year, it's not as filled with people as we would have liked. And I think it... I'm kind of disappointed with the with the field, even though it should be it sh- it should still be a good tournament. But I don't know. I just I, have you have you looked at the field yet? Yeah, a little bit. I, we don't play anyone big to open up. I think we can play some bigger teams. We um like down the road if we win a game. Yeah. So I don't know. So here's yeah, go for it. here's what the bracket looks like. We start off playing Middle Tennessee State, right? who is usually not a pushover mid-major, right? They knocked off Michigan State a couple years ago. They were back in the turn. They were really close to making, or did they make the tournament last year? I think they made the I, tournament last year. And I'd have, I'm um, sure. But they are, they kind of had a tumultuous offseason. They lost their coach and they lost a bunch of their top scores. So they are kind of a shell of their former team. All right, so we should be able to take care of them. Uh, the next game, the next opponent would be either Butler or Dayton. All right, once again, Butler usually makes the tournament, and I really don't know how good they're going to be this year, honestly. But um, they're uh, yeah. us- they're usually... all I'll say is Butler. Butler shows up in big games. Yeah, they do, and they're tough. Like they'll they'll knock you around too. They're not yeah. afraid to get physical. Dayton, you know, is a good mid-major, but they haven't been good since um, since uh, Archie left to go coach at Indiana, and uh, so I I think I think Butler probably wins that game, uh, and then the other on the other side of the bracket, you've got Florida, Oklahoma, Wisconsin, and Stanford. Dude, thank God Trey Young is not going to be on this team. Thank God Trey Young's not there, and thank God um, Wisconsin's probably going to lose before they play us because I do not want to play Wisconsin again. I'm sick of playing I- Wisconsin. I hate them. They they play our style, but they're worse at it. And the games just just drag. <laughs> well, Wisconsin, what we played them our first year. We and played we them. Lost, like, we played them our to thirty-eight. Yeah, or something. it was horrible. That was. And then you know, at least with I say Trey Young, not because I'm afraid of him, because I think we would lock that guy down. Yeah. Just you know, to avoid the Trey Young tracker at the bottom of the screen. Yeah. I don't need to know how many points he has when I'm trying to watch another game. Going back to my original point. So like Florida, you know, a good SEC team, but not not top tier. You're not talking like Tennessee, Kentucky. Are there any more good SEC teams? Uh, oh yeah. Um, hopefully, our, if Auburn, we end up playing Auburn. Florida, hopefully our guys would come to play. Given right. how Florida's handled us recently. Yeah, exactly. I I mean they should be good this year. I think they've got a lot of returning guys, but I don't think they're as good as that um, team that beat us a couple years ago in the tournament. Uh, Oklahoma, not that good. Um, last year they win with Trey Young. they were Trey Young and and four other guys. So <laughs> I don't I don't know their team this year. They might be a little bit better, but I don't think they're going to be that good. Wisconsin, Wisconsin has Ethan Happ and Brad Buzzcut Brad, um, <laughs> the white guy who hustles a lot, but who dislocated his shoulder like six times last year. <laughs> but so since I'm getting this, you'd rather us have a tournament that has like Michigan State. Yeah, Duke. I would. Carolina, those type of guys. No, I I want to be in something where we have a lot of Power Five teams that will make the tournament that can we can showcase. Even if we lose a game and go into the losers bracket, we can still play a team that will give us a Group One win. 
you know and yeah. i don't oh. know i don't think i mean some of these are definitely group one wins um if we're talking tournament time but um and for those who don't know group one group two and group three and group four are the ways in which the ncaa tournament committee um determines the strength of one's games and it's really confusing based on it it's based on where you play and um if it's home or away and and what their rpi is but um we're not going to get into that right now but i think most of these would be group one or group two games which is good yeah. but not like but not like super strong opponents that's i'll counter you this though i'll counter you this i kind of like this tournament feel you know it's mm-hmm. good enough teams but not great teams you yeah. know it's going to be short turnarounds we might play some consecutive days mm-hmm. the one thing that i wish we had in our non-conference schedule is one big marquee game because we've had each of those the past couple of years we'd mm-hmm. have villanova mm-hmm. we'd have west virginia mm-hmm. when vcu was still with shaka smart we'd have vcu we still play you know, vcu one, yeah, they're not the same though. They're not. We'll, we'll no. take care of business. I hope so. We better. <laughs> but anyway, you know, I just want that one big marquee game, and you know, we we haven't gotten a ton of respect in the ACC Big Ten Challenge as far as who we play. I like, I do like that we play Maryland to kind of keep the rivalry alive. I but maybe don't. we could play them outside of the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Maybe we could play someone else, maybe a little better team. I, they we we have only played like three teams in the past six years or so we've played maryland twice we've played wisconsin twice we played ohio state but like we haven't played michigan state or indiana or purdue in a long time and i don't know what it is i don't know who decides these games but i don't think it's even i I think our team is significantly better than Maryland's team. Yeah. At least we I mean, the problem, be. we just don't get respect, you know? No, we don't. We get respect. We were finally starting to get respect, and then UMBC <laughs> happened, and we can go down that road, that's, as we said, maybe in a year. That's the problem with respect. You know, you get too much of it, and then, <laughs> and then the, the quick. sports gods take it away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you're exactly right. We've been the best or among the top three teams in the ACC the past five years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's not reflected in this ACC Big Ten challenge. Change change ACC to country because the past two, two of the past three years, we were one of the best teams in the country. And, yep. it, and not having tournament success has hurt our exposure, especially for ESPN and these marquee games. Anyway, so let's let's take a look at the schedule and we can do kind of a I want to do like a win loss thing. All right. All right. Um, we're just shooting from the hip here too. Just yeah. just so we're aware this for is, our great audience. This is just a reactionary uh, spitfire kind of thing. All right. So home at Townsend. When? Uh November sixth. That's our first game. Oh, sorry. No, I meant like we're gonna win that game. Oh you know? just easy. Oh, I thought you Check. said <laughs> I thought you said like when, like when is it? Nah, it doesn't matter. We'll beat them summer, winter, spring. All right. Okay. Easy. Okay. Great. Um, home versus George Washington. That's a sneaky game. You know what do you think? You know we lost to them a couple of years ago on the road. 
But I think at home we take care of business, especially with our starting five. I think this would be a good game for some of our uh, bench players to get a couple good minutes against a, a good team that, you know, has made the tournament in the past. But I don't, I'm not sure what they're, what they're like this year. But I would say a win. I'd say you're right. Coppin State, home. Wait, who? Coppin State. Oh, I was having <laughs> trouble. I was like, who is that? When you, when you say who is it, I think that's a win. Yeah, I think we win. <laughs> All right. So that's 3-0 and before we get to the Battle for Atlantis, which is in the Bahamas and is on ESPN2. Uh, first game's against Middle, C- Middle Tennessee State. I think it's a win. You know, I can't see us losing the first game in this tournament, um, especially with the troubles that Middle Tennessee State has had uh, over the past couple months. I think it's a easy win for us. So then, on to the next round. On to the next round. The next day would be Butler or Dayton. I think um, we beat Dayton. I think Butler would be kind of a toss-up, quite frankly. I think Butler... Butler shows... Butler comes to play. Yeah. Yeah, Butler comes to play, but I, I, I still think our team is super good. I think people are going to be surprised at how good we are this year. Because, you know, the starting five, quite frankly, I think is one of the best starting five in the country. We've got Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome... Uh, Are DeAndre you seeing all Hunter. this love that Ty Jerome's getting recently? Yeah, yeah. Duke just had an article. Some Duke basketball account had an article earlier today about how he might be ACC Player of the Year. No way. Yeah. Seriously? So watch out for Ty. It I mean, was, I'll tell you, they're they're shell shocked. They still can't believe he hit that three. It wasn't. It wasn't one of their three freshmen that's going to have Player of the Year. That's shocking. Shocking. <laughs> Speaking of which, have you seen Zion Williamson? recently yeah, yeah he's, he's up to like 275 he's a fatty he, he looks big now he is, he is a thick boy he is 67 oh. he okay he's listed at 67 275 the and i was listening to one shining podcast with mark titus and tate frazier and they said a statistic that said the heaviest player in the nba is someone who is Six seven six. So flip those numbers around, <laughs> and he only weighs two eighty five. So That's Zion crazy, Williamson man. is ten pounds lighter than the heaviest guy, and he is a full foot shorter. That'll be an interesting matchup, man. That'll <laughs> be an interesting matchup. He's just like a little bowling ball. Uh, not a little bowling ball. He's a massive bowling ball. I mean, he. I can jump. He can jump, and he he can still jump, and he rocks those rims. And I'm terrified of him. I'm excited to see us play them twice this year. I really am. Me too. Anyway, anyway so let's say we beat Butler. Sorry, sorry. Back to back to the schedule. <laughs> but back to the schedule. Butler or Dayton? I think we win both of them. Dayton would be easier. I hope we play Butler though, because that's a better game for us. That's a better I, like. Uh, it can only showing, help us. Yeah, it can only help us. Uh, and then our last game, we play either Stanford, Wisconsin, Oklahoma, or Florida. And my, let's call it Florida. My guess and is let's hope we win. My guess is going to be Florida. I hope we win that. That would be a that would be a really good win for us on the road or at a neutral site. But Florida is someone who we've had trouble with in the past. They've knocked us out of two tournaments since um, 2012. One was Bradley Beal, and then the other one was embarrassing. And yeah. We don't need to go down that one. We don't need to talk about that either. But I think I think we win that tournament. I think we have a good chance of winning that tournament. It'll be a good win for our team. It'll be good to get the starters 
actually the starters can't play the whole time and we know that because they're gonna get tired for three days straight this will be a good chance for us to get some of the bench players like frankie or like kihi is that how you say his name i think so Kai-hi? i'll tell you he's the biggest unknown for me we'll see he's quick he's, give him that he's quick he's small he can dunk if you give him enough space um <laughs> he's he's definitely got some athleticism he's got a nice floater i think he, i think he can shoot the ball a little bit I'm excited to see what he can do. I really am. I'm I'm high on uh, Mr. Clark. That's what I'm going to call him because I don't know how to say his first name right. <laughs> All right. All right. So we win the tournament. Let's, Let, let's say we win the tournament. Win. Then we go to Maryland. We're at Maryland five days later after we get back from the Bahamas. I'll say this. I think we lose a game either in that tournament or at Maryland. I don't think we go through non-conference undefeated. I it's, think we drop a game somewhere. It's really tough to play three games in a row an, away from home and then go away to a really hostile environment in Maryland, especially if you're jet-lagged or tired. And uh, I think Maryland is kind of... It's not a trap game because, you know, they're, they're a decent team. They're a Power 5 team, and they'll. I think they're supposed to be at the top of the Big Ten this year or close close to the top like top five or something but i I mean that's a tough place to play and they they hate us and we hate them and the players don't but the fans do and i think the fans are gonna let some of our players have it when they Uh, i definitely think so national tv audience Mm -hmm. you know it's it's gonna be a very difficult game it's gonna be a hard game you know and there's gonna be some difficult games down in the bahamas too uh, so We'll see. I think on if paper, we win the tournament, then on, I think we might lose against Maryland. Just under my theory that we lose <laughs> somewhere in there. Yeah. Well, we're not done yet. We've still got more games to go. Well, let's keep rolling. We play Morgan State at home after Maryland. I say we win that. I say we yep. win that easy. I don't think we need to talk about that anymore. Um, then we play VCU at home. And VCU... I, I, sorry, I don't on. think we really need to talk about that, honestly. I think yeah. we beat VCU pretty easily. Yeah, you know the thing about VCU is they they come to play, they hustle, they'll they'll make you work on offense, and they play a full court game, so they're not going to let the pressure up. But I think that with our experience and our um, the kind of guys that we're going to have running the show, like Ty and Kyle and DeAndre, I think we're going to tear them apart. I think um, it'll be, but I think it'll be a nice game. But I do love that we play them consistently. I really do. I think it's good for it's good for our team to see something different before the ACC starts and it's also good for the state you know to try and like we play so many teams in state we play William and Mary too right yeah we play GW which is not really in state but it's close sorry yeah I mean I mean I honestly have a lot of respect for Shaka Smart as a basketball coach Mm -hmm. and I wish he I you know more props to him for going to is he still at Texas I think he's still at Texas he's still at Texas but I don't know how much longer he's going to be there if he doesn't produce anything soon yeah he was just such a perfect fit at VCO, and he I wish was. he could have stuck around. Kind of wish he stayed, but you know that could have been a fun rivalry. Yeah, yeah. So we, so I think we're both saying win versus VCU, and then this yep. this game, this next game is an unknown for me. We are at South Carolina. This kind of came out of the blue. I don't think really anyone had any idea that this was coming. Uh, this at South Carolina game, and it's kind of a weird game because you know um, South Carolina's got they've got a good team, but they're not like a really good team and 
they play tough nose defense like we do. They they don't let you score easily. I think their offense is a little lacking. I think it was last year. I think that they this will be a good test to see like, all right, we're we're away from home. We're at some place where we we have no idea what's going to happen. And this I think this is a good test for honestly an NCAA tournament kind of situation where you don't really you there's no reason you should be playing the team right yeah and, you know you think about it as kind of like a first second round mm-hmm. game yeah yeah exactly and i think i think it's gonna be a good game and i honestly don't know what to say for that i think we should win it i think yeah i think we should win it but you know stuff happens in college basketball you, you, you never know and it's i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't i mean i would hate losing that game but I think if I had to pick a game to drop, I think it would be at South Carolina. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of when we played Cal a couple mm-hmm. years ago on the road. And yeah, Obviously, Cal had a lot more talent on that team. I think they had Jalen Brown on that team. Um, no, that was, so just the, you, that was just the first year. That anyway, it's kind of like a step down. It's yeah. like the same idea, maybe not as good as Cal was, but I get what you're saying. Like, a, sure. pa- like a Power 5 team, but not someone that, not like, a, not like the top tier of that SEC like Kentucky. Exactly. Um, after after we get back from South Carolina, we play William and Mary, and I think we should win that easily. Uh, I don't think there's anything we should be scared of at William and Mary. Take care of business. We're taking care of business now. The last game is versus Marshall on New Year's Eve, and that's at home. And this is a Marshall team that is scary, and they I are should... they're a mid major, but they are a good mid major team. They were in the NCAA tournament last year. I think they were twenty-seven and eleven. I read earlier last mm-hmm. year, which you know, it's kind of a it'll be a big game for them, and hopefully, our guys show up to play again. It's one of those games where, on paper, we should beat any team we play in this non-conference schedule. But mm-hmm. you and I just both know that's not how basketball works. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. hopefully, it's one of these teams that maybe they'll give us a scare in the first half maybe it's closer than we want but again it's a game that i think we should win so the thing about marshall is that they beat wichita state in the first round of the ncaa tournament and that was a huge upset and then they lost to west virginia in the second round they got killed actually but beating wichita state was really big a lot of people at wichita state going really far marshall is a team that is led by this this guy named uh, john elmore he is a really good player. He, this guy can shoot. He can drive. It's a team that can is trying to get up and down the floor a lot. I, they're trying to score. And I think we might have some trouble with them, as you were saying, that we might have some trouble with them just be, because, you know, they're trying to run the they're trying to run the floor and push the pace. I'm interested to see if we win this. I hope we don't drop it because that, that's going to be a good win uh, if we do win it. But if we do lose, it's not the end of the world. And I think that... There's a lot to learn from a loss to Marshall, but I don't think we lose. Um, yeah, I don't think we do either. I mean, I think on, we lose one game in our non-conference schedule. If I, I had to take a guess, I think it's at Maryland. I think honestly, we we should win every single game in non-conference. And oh yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, there's there is something to be said for losing a game, and so the players know what it is like to lose a game. I think that. Sometimes, if if you get into the ACC season and you get down, like if you've just destroyed your whole non-conference schedule, and you get to the ACC season and it's like, oh, we're down on the road against Duke. You know, what do we do now? And they kind of get that 
freaked out, frightened look, you know? Um, yeah. Kind of like we were against UMBC. You know, we had destroyed almost everyone, or we had, we had beaten a lot of people, and we didn't know what it was like to not be in the driver's seat for a second. I think it really freaked out our players. One thing I like about this schedule, and I'll say again, I wish we played one big, mm-hmm. like, notable put it on your calendar game yeah. which we really don't i mean if it was up to me we played villanova every year yeah. i love that series mm-hmm. that's awesome hopefully we'll give them back on our schedule soon I, I but was... it on the... sorry go it, on i i was just gonna say it almost feels like tony's just setting these guys up for what does the first weekend of the ncaa tournament look like mm-hmm. you know we've had some struggles the past two seasons <clears throat> making it out of there yeah and you look at these teams a lot of them are tournament teams but none of them are necessarily even top 25 teams and they're not necessarily teams that we should be afraid of but i think i think he's trying to get this mental block off their back i I agree with you i think this looks like a a really good you know first weekend kind of schedule you know maryland south carolina marshall uh gw and then of course butler and like florida those are all teams that could very well be in the first weekend of the NCAA tournament and yeah. knowing how to play team and, and also teams just like William and Mary, Morgan state, uh, Coppin state Towson that, you know, these teams that, you know, we could play and who are just going to like jack a bunch of threes against us and hope that some of them go in kind of like what, you know, UMBC did. And that's kind of the, the formula to beat, a team that is much better than you, I think. And I think a lot of teams, a lot of lower-seeded teams are going to start doing this now against high-level opponents, especially in the tournament, is jack a lot of threes, hope they go in. Once you start jacking threes, the lanes are going to open up, and then, you know, you just have to hope that they aren't hitting shots either. And the on-ball pressure. I mean, UMBC did it. You look at what Syracuse did to us Mm -hmm. a couple years ago. Yeah, we got to have guards that can handle that, which... You know, Ty and Kyle being third years, I think they can. I think they should. But I think we're going to get tested a decent amount. You know, again, Which I wish good. we had Villanova on the schedule. But I think this is a good round, kind of complete way to get a feel for the ACC season and hopefully what comes in the NCAA yeah. tournament too. And we don't have the ACC schedule yet, but we do know who we play twice. It is Duke is home and home. Virginia Tech and Louisville, of course, are home and home because we play them home and home every year. We also play, I think it's Notre Dame, home and home. Do we not play Carolina home and home? No. Man, I wish we played Carolina home and you home. Want, you want Carolina and Duke home and home in the same year? And maybe we'd alternate, <laughs> but I love playing Carolina. There's something about that game. Yeah, we, we play at Carolina this year. So we know we actually know who we play and where we play them. Um, so like whether it's home or away, but we don't know the exact order. But once that comes out, I think there's going to be a lot of content to go through there just based on like what, like there's always one week where it's like, oh, we play like, you know, Duke Carolina tech. And those are the kind of weeks that, you know, make or break a season. So I'm excited to see what that looks like, but I think this non-conference schedule is a good start. I'm just excited for basketball season. Yeah. You know, coming soon. you know what they say? Football season means it's almost basketball season. If Bryce Perkins can make you stop saying that, I will be so happy. <laughs> Me too. I, I want to stop saying it. I want to stop saying I stopped saying it last year. I was having fun last year. Last year we had a great start. And then it kind of not, not a great end. 
but by that time I had basketball, so it was all right. That's right. <laughs> I'd say the best basketball I ever felt was two years ago when mm-hmm. Virginia Tech just clobbered us. Mm-hmm. I think it was the day after Thanksgiving or two days. Yeah, it was like a basketball game that night, and it was just easy transition. What was it like, thirty-one to zero or something? Oh, it was like fifty something. Uh, <laughs> 10 maybe i was in blacksburg i left at halftime oh man I'm, it was bad I, i'm thinking about the home game that we had that they shut us out it was bad. Oh, i remember that too yeah it was bad we'll talk about tech football later we'll talk about them later rob i want you to get out and enjoy the beach i know that i'm taking up your time but is there any anything you want to give a shout to at the very give a end? shout man i mean this this is about football still this is about the offense mm-hmm. and what this offense can look like is this going to be the same run it up middle that Steve Fairchild has? Is it going to be the same swing passes that we did last couple of years? Or is this going to be a truly kind of dynamic offense where we have motioning receivers, where the pitch works, we're able to get to the outside and stretch the field where we get receivers open downfield? There's a lot to discover during mm-hmm. this training camp. And yeah. I'm really excited to see where Bryce Perkins takes us, where our receivers can take us, and really where Robert and I, if we can really open up the field. Because I think, as we talked about last week, we really have to get to a bowl game and do that. We have to win mm-hmm. some toss-up games. And I'm yeah. excited to see if this offense can really take it to the next level. All right. Wonderful shout. I'm going to give my shout later um, at the end of the episode after I've called a couple more people. Rob Elder, thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, hope that you have a good week at the beach. And uh, I'll see you next Sunday, right? Next Sunday. Next right. episode. It's a date. Always a pleasure, Dustin. Always a pleasure. All right, peace out. See ya. So that was Rob, my co-host. And once again, he's at the beach, so he couldn't be here. That's why the sound quality was kind of iffy. Always good to talk to him. And he'll be back next week. But the rest of the show is going to be a little bit different because I am going to call other people and see what they have to say about certain things probably things that we did not talk about with rob so i'm gonna call some people and we're gonna see what they have to say yo hello what's up avik how you doing i'm good how are you avik uh, you're on the Guys and Ties podcast. Can you say hi? Hey, what's up? That's uh, that's Bob Elder's Bob Elder's uh, podcast, right? It, it's our podcast. Oh, you're on it too? Yeah. Nice. <clears throat> you didn't know that? No, I just saw. Uh, I clicked on the link once, and I I only saw. I didn't see your name on it as well, but I'm glad to hear it's both of y'all. Yeah, I'm there. I'm here too. Rob's actually out this week, so um, I'm calling a bunch of people to kind of get some different vibes on uh, UVA sports. But um, could you introduce yourself real quick first? Hey, yeah, I'm Avik Trakevich, um, big UVA football and basketball especially uh, fan. Been following the Cavaliers very closely since I went to the school in 2013, and, and then uh, I've, I've learned about their more recent history from before then. Yeah, Avik and I lived together um, first year as as well we we were in the same dorm and continued to hang out for the four years that he was there yep. and, and beyond uh we go for all the games yeah we're actually um very we live very close to each other now so hopefully we'll see each other more now but yeah so avik i i know you love football 
And yeah. I'm wondering what your take on the football team is this year. I want like the, the best thing about the football team and the worst thing about the football team. Okay. Some big picture questions there, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm excited about the team this year. I know it's dangerous. Uh, <laughs> UK, but I'm always excited for football season. And the uh-huh. things I'm most excited about for our team this year <laughs> is number one, we're going to see if uh, Robert and I's offense can actually be – you know, consistently effective with a dual threat quarterback. So that's what I'm most excited about to see Bryce Perkins. He's supposedly the fastest guy on our team running, running that spread to run offense um, mm-hmm. with the true dual threat quarterback. Um, so, uh, but the best thing that we know is definitely our secondary. Uh, that's mm-hmm. the known quantity that our known entity that we have. I think Juan Thornhill is a beast. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of experience and talent back there, a lot of size. Tim Harris is back for his sixth year. So I think the secondary is the best unit on our team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the thing that has will raise Virginia's potential ceiling this year is our, the dual threat affected quarterback. Yeah. I um, And I talked about this with Rob a little bit earlier, but I'm, I'm a little scared. I'm not scared. Uh, scared's not the right word, but I'm a little hesitant to be really excited for the dual threat quarterback when our last one was David Watford and it didn't end up so well, just in mm. terms of like the running portion and the throwing portion. Yeah, um, David Watford was definitely uh, kind of a pop gun there at quarterback, but <laughs> I think I think the system the system with Fairchild wasn't really suited for him. Mm-hmm. I know we had what looked like read option plays, but he wasn't ever even making a read back when Steve Fairchild was calling those plays. Yeah. I remember with Perkins, you saw what they did with Taysom Hill. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the film they're showing all these dual threat quarterbacks that they're trying to recruit. Mm-hmm. It's they're showing Taysom Hill film. So you and I both know what that offense looks like firsthand after watching it a couple times against UVA. It's, mm-hmm. it's has the potential to be a very effective, uh, keep the chains moving type of offense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited for that, definitely. Do you do you know what his arm strength looks like? Like, does he have a good arm, or is Perkins? he is is he kind of like a guy who is really good at running who can also throw sometimes? It seems like we we're more confident, and I hear more about how fast he can run. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say I think he'll be. I think he has a good arm. Uh, I think accuracy is the biggest thing we don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that he'll be able to make plays in and outside of the pocket due to by necessity with our offensive line, um, I think will definitely be a boost for us. And maybe the throws um, will be a little easier if some of those defenders are more up in the box with the threat to run. Yeah. You know, so, and just, the th- I, I, sorry, go on. Oh, sorry. I agree. That's one thing uh, I don't, we don't know as much about. We're going to have to find out. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the thing about that, the reason why I'm concerned about arm strength is just cause like, Last year and the year before with uh, Kurt Benkert, you know, we he had a cannon, an absolute cannon, and he could bomb that ball. And we had something last year on offense that we didn't have for many years, which was a deep threat because he could just throw it so far. Um, yeah. But yeah. I, I mean, we had so many touchdowns that were over twenty yards that I can't, I can't even remember the last time we had. Probably since, you know, Schaub. Do we have so yeah. many deep balls? Um, yeah. So, and and that was nice to have because it 
once again, it opened up the defense. And of course, you know, he wasn't the perfect quarterback, but he was the best one that we had in a long time. Um, And so I'm interested to see how fans react if Perkins can't make the same throws as Benker. And I'm not, I'm not expecting him to make like, you know, 50 yard touchdown bombs to Zacchaeus every drive. But if he, if he can't connect on like a 10 yard third and 10, you know, how's that going to fare for our offense? Right. That's a good point. Um, that's definitely something we've been Beckert for all his, you know, maybe his inconsistencies. He's definitely had a cannon. I agree. Got the ball into some tight spaces. Um, hopefully with Perkins, uh, one advantage will be, will be ahead, more ahead of the chains. Mm-hmm. So the third and tens will be third and medium or, you know, third and three where we might even run on a third down, which is something we couldn't do either. Running up the uh, middle. Yep, run it up the middle or run it, uh, have like, have like a, you know, just your t- read Jordan Ellis or Perkins option around the end. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of things you can do with a running third quarterback, and that will help our offensive line, which is, I would still say, a work in progress. All right, awesome. <laughs> um, I'm hopeful, man. I think the whole coastal is better than it was last year, but mm-hmm. hopefully we are too, and. I think that's key to keep momentum with our recruiting as well. Do you do you think that we'll end up at the bottom of the coastal again? I don't think we'll, we weren't at the bottom of the coastal last year. Yeah, um, but but the North Carolina was injured. I don't think we will again this year. I think I think um, we're between five and seven wins, and that won't put us at the bottom. I I was just I was just saying just because the media all had us at the bottom. I did that media days we were picked last yeah i can see why that's the case uh, i somehow have faith that we won't be that way i think either pitt um pitt duke or maybe unc again will be behind us well at least one of those all right all right good all right well thanks so much for coming on avic and yeah uh, hopefully i'll see you in person <laughs> soon me. right yeah all right have a good day that's- man all right Hello, Dustin. Hey, what's up? Hey. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Brendan, you are on the uh, Guys and Ties podcast. I am? Yeah, you are. For what? Can, can you introduce yourself, please? Oh. Uh, hey, um, I'm Brendan. Uh, Brendan, um, Brendan and I uh, went, were uh, in Hancock uh, dorm together first year, and then he was on Who Crew with me uh, afterwards. But, um, Brendan, I just, I wanted to call and, uh, ask you some questions about sports, if that was okay. That's fine. Where, where, where are you at? Um, I am outside of Nats Park. Oh, that's fun. Are you at a game? Yep. Oh, okay. Well, I'll make this quick then. Um, so speaking of Nats, did you see that, um, Ryan Zimmerman became the all-time leader in Nats hits? Yeah, like on... Tuesday or something, right? Yeah, yeah. It was a couple days ago, but I thought that was cool as a, as like a former who, and he has been on the Nats forever. So I think I just thought that was cool. Do you have any Do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, it's he's like the local kid too, and he was their first draft pick. So it's our first draft pick when they were in DC. Mm-hmm. So that's that's really cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, finally, 
I mean, he's been hurt on and off and kind of underrated overall in the league, but he's been such a rock for the Nats that it's it's really cool. Yeah, so I, I thought that was cool, and I'm, I'm glad that he got a lot of love from not only the Nats, Nats Twitter, but also UVA Twitter kind of really uh, tried to boost that and make it make it special for him so i thought that was cool and the other the other thing i wanted to ask you about was um whether or not you had been paying attention to basketball at all basketball stuff um not since not really over the summer no okay I feel like it's been quiet well i guess kind of quiet but i haven't really been paying really any attention to recruiting at all yeah but so so the non-conference schedule just came out but i already I know sorry go on say so the only game I know is we're at Maryland again for the yeah. ACC Big Ten Challenge. Yeah, I hate Maryland. So but... I don't know how we keep getting stuck with that one. But <laughs> it'll they they suck. It'll be like half UVA fans, half Maryland fans. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So okay. Well, since since you don't seem to know much about the the schedule or anything, and since um since we've already Rob and I already talked about um talked about the schedule, uh, I want to talk about the roster a little bit. Um, okay. and kind of what our starting five is going to look like. And honestly, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious to most people, but I think it's going to be Kyle, Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome, DeAndre Hunter, Mamani Diakite, and Jack Salt. Yep. And I'd be very surprised if, I mean, unless there's a suspension or an injury or something, if that is not the starting five for the entire year. Yep, um, I completely agree with you. Yeah. And I'm wondering, who do you think is going to come off the bench first? I would, I feel like probably Jay, just because the the issue you're going to run into is when, if Jack or Mamadi gets in the foul trouble, mm-hmm. then what do you do? So if Jack gets in the foul trouble, Mamadi can shift over to his spot, but then you want to put another big in. So honestly, I feel like it's going to be Jay, as long as he can play defense better this year than he did last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then if he's progressed, then I think it's going to be him. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what Jay is going to bring to the table this year because last year, you know, there were so many like question marks about what he was going to do and everyone thought he had that one game. I forget who it was against, but he he just went off. And, yeah. uh, and uh, everyone thought that was going to be it, but then he didn't like play the rest of the year. So I think it was his defense that was keeping yeah, him uh, off the floor. His his offense isn't a question, I don't think. Like mm-hmm. and that's our big guys have never been great at offense, but He's, I think he's the one exception where his defense is what's holding it back. You, you know, I think, I think that I think you're right. I think he will come off the floor first, but I think he'll come off for. I must say, actually, I don't know, because if he comes in for Mamadi, then he can play his natural. I think he's more of a four. I I do too. So um, I think he would come in for Mamadi, mm-hmm. but Mamadi can also shift over to the five if he needs to. That's he did true. It last, he did it last year with. A little bit with um, when Salt would come out. That's true. But I mean, last year you had Isaiah who could also shift over to the five. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I but think that would be my guess is if Jack needs to come out, Bobby shifts to the five. But you know, and then Huff can come in as a four. But you know, the only reason Jack went out first every time last year was for offense. It wasn't because he was in yeah. foul trouble or anything. Generally, it's I mean, offense. Jack, I mean, Jack did really well last year at limiting his fouls um, most of the time. And most th- of the time, most of the time. But I think that I think that if Jay comes in, I think it's going to be situational, whether it's for Jack or Mamadi. But I do agree. I think I think Jay's going to come in first. And if and if not him, then maybe Frankie. I, I don't know. I, I think I, that, 
Yeah. There's so many unknowns I, on this team in terms yeah. of bench. You know, we've got... Yeah, I, I don't know really any who would come off the bench at this point. I mean, there's Jay, there's Frankie, there is uh, Marco. Yeah. There's uh, Kihi Clark. I don't know mm-hmm. how to say his first name. I'm just going to call him Mr. Clark. <laughs> Mr. Clark. And then you've got Cody Statman and uh, Cafaro, the new big guy. Yeah, um, so honestly, and, it's probably going to be short or limited, smaller rotation this year. Like seven people, mm-hmm. maybe eight rotating through. But I'm, I mean, Jay and Marco are definitely going to play. Yeah. Um, Marco will probably spell the first guard to either get a foul or you know if if he yeah. needs a, a little bit of a bigger lineup he might take out Kyle or or if he needs a small lineup he might take out DeAndre and i think but i i think it's really important especially in the early games you know we play we play some really um we have we have a couple cupcakes at first and i think it's important for the younger guys like Mr. Clark and for Marco and Jay to really get a good strong start to the mm-hmm. to the year um, I think I think Clark and Mr. Clark and Marco and Jay are going to be our three bench guys, and I don't really see um, anyone else getting a lot of time. Um, I think Frankie will come in sparingly, but mm-hmm. I think he's still pretty raw. I don't know that for a fact, but I haven't heard a lot from him over the summer at I, all. I haven't either, so. He would be the unknown, I feel like. He, I think he's the biggest unknown. It, say Honestly, his playing time will probably be it's make or break for the first couple games. Mm-hmm. Especially if we're playing weaker teams, he gets some playing time in. We'll see how he does. Yeah, yeah, but, I feel that. And the other thing is, uh, you know, who's good at redshirt? And there's been a lot of talk about, you know, Cody Statman redshirting. I mm-hmm. think I think that's probably what's going to happen. You know, he he fits the mold of a Tony Bennett redshirt. You know, he's undersized, and we don't really need his shooting skills right now. We've got a lot of good shooters. Um, yeah, well, I mean, we have a lot of guards too. Yeah, so. yeah. So I, I I have a feeling yeah. I have a feeling he's going to redshirt and uh, take a year. Um, the other one who might redshirt is Kafaro. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if he actually will because. If if one of our bigs gets hurt, um, then we only have three. Or no, yeah. If one of them gets hurt, then we three. only have three. Um, but if he if he does a redshirt, then we have five. So I think I'm not sure what Tony's gonna do with that because he's he's a he's more of a Jack Salt than a Mamadi type player. Mm-hmm. And so he's a he's a true he's a true five. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he redshirts or not. Yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I guess we'll 50, see. 50 I feel like on that one. All right. Um, any any last shout-outs that you want to give? No, I don't think so. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for coming on and talking for a little bit. Not a problem. All right. Go, enjoy, go enjoy the Nats game. Thanks. Have a good one, you guys. All right. Peace out, dude. Bye. All right. That was Brendan. He he and I go way back to first year. And uh, as I said, he joined Who Crew. So he's he and I have been friends for a long time. And he's really knowledgeable about basketball and football. And so good to hear his opinions on the roster. And I don't want this episode to run too long. So I'm going to 
say goodbye right here. Before we do that, Rob and I are going to start doing something at the end of each episode. Uh, we're going to give a shout to something. And, you know, you give a shout for DOUVA, but our shouts are going to be for something that's either sports related. It can be UVA sports related or, you know, just anything that's kind of caught our attention this week. And something that was in the news a lot this week that really caught my eye was the uh, Urban Meyer and Ohio State football team being in the news a lot. And they were in the news because an ex-assistant football coach for Ohio State was caught abusing his wife. And Urban Meyer said that he did not know about it. But in fact, it has come out that he did know about it. And he has since been put on paid administrative leave. And I think that this this goes a couple of ways. I think that there should be a fair investigation, which is what the university is doing, into if he actually knew or did not know. But if he did know, which it seems like he it did, I think he, he's got to be fired. And I think that the firing should come quickly as soon as they find out. The domestic violence in football has been rampant um, and the exposure has been really in the spotlight for the past couple of years. But with a high profile football program like Ohio State, I think that they've really got to put the hammer down before and make a good example. Um, if they don't, it's just going to be another big football school that prioritizes football and sales over the safety of women and the safety of the people involved with the program. I think that this is something that a lot of media people have come to terms with. And I think that it's going to happen. I, I do think it's going to happen pretty soon. And I guess we'll have to find out whether or not he it does end up getting fired. That's something that I'm going to keep my eye on for certain. I think that everyone else should too, because I think that this is a really important tell for where the state of um, football and the state of our country and humanity is really going. All right, but that's uh, that's it for me. And me and Rob will be back next week for another episode of the Guys and Ties podcast. Go Who's, baby.